Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 311. Merry Christmas to everyone. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm good. I don't know why I did it that way, but that's what I did. Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year's. <laughs> I guess it's Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You drop the S once you're wishing somebody a New Year. I was reading all about that this week. There's etiquette? Yep, apparently so. Just like it's... Uh... What have they we like ever saving been saving time, not saving stuff? Yeah. What have we ever been into etiquette? Stuff? Um, <laughs> Can I say happies? New happies Year's? New Year. Happy yes, new that that's perfectly acceptable. That is happy news here. Happy news year. No, because they're just talking about news. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we come here to forget about news, <laughs> unless you're wishing someone a, a year full of happy news. Well, maybe we should be wishing people a happy <laughs> yeah, news year because we had a, ha- a bad news year last Glenn, year. Glenn, so. I would very much like for you to have a happy news year. Oh, thank you, Sean. You're welcome. Keith, I would like for you to have a happy news year. Thank you, Glenn. Sean, I would like for you to have a happy news year. Thank you, Keith. Ah, oh, how nice. Very nice. We started a new tradition. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we remember it next year. Probably not. <laughs> did you guys have a good new, a new I was about to say, what do we years? do now? I'm so lost, I don't even know what we do at this point in the show. I had a nice New Year's. What did uh, you do? This was the first year, working in news, this is the first year that I've had New Year's Eve and New Year's Day off. And so I told Holly, I said, by gum, we're going to do something. <laughs> I don't care what it is. So I called my mom and said, can you watch the kids overnight? Uh, first thing we did, so we... Uh, we had talked about doing a hotel room somewhere, but we just waited so long because I wasn't certain, certain that we were going to be off. Um, I waited too long and everything was booked. But I thought, you know, we're still going to go out and do something. So uh, the first thing we did, we dropped the kids off at the folks. We went and saw Manoa. Moana. Manoa. Moana. I know what you did last week. <laughs> Moana. <laughs> uh, Disney's or Moana. Or Mona, as some people have pronounced it. <laughs> Mona. Uh, did you take the kids to that, or no, did you drop them off? No, we, we dropped off. You know, the kids see so many Disney movies without us. We went. You know what? We're going to go see that one out there, <laughs> uh, which is a delightful film. It's so charming. Lots of fun. It's got great music. I'm going to run out and buy the soundtrack now. Um, I don't know if I would rank it as like the best Disney movie, but it was so enjoyable and so much fun. Very much in the uh, style of the. Uh, you know the era of the musical ones that mm. that I like a lot. I think Frozen and Tangle have kind of reinvigorated that. Yeah. But this was right along those lines. And uh, so after that, we went and uh, Holly and I we absolutely love Mexican food. And there's a new Mexican restaurant here called El Gallo. Where's that at? Uh, you know where Cece's was on Topeka Boulevard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we went there and had dinner afterwards. And it's, it's not exactly new. They Four. actually used to be Las Fuentes down the street. the street. Yeah, was, we actually went before Christmas. With you tried my to sister. go to Las Fuentes. Yeah, because my <laughs> sister loved that place, and so she asked, "Well, why, why the name change? Uh, it's a corporation with a chain, and they are branching off. But the oh. menu is still the same. I don't know if you noticed. Well, they it seems a little more fancy, like it's a little more done up than it was at Las Fuentes. Uh. I thought. I, I thought. Um, and it was good. 
It wasn't. It's you know. It again. If I'm going to rank it, <laughs> which I hate to do, <laughs> it wouldn't be in my top five. But uh, we enjoyed it. It was good. It wasn't bad. Uh, one of the traditions we have every year with kids is we go get a pie and we all have New Year's Eve pie. We have <laughs> pie, and we were getting ready to to. We left the restaurant and Holly said, "Yeah, we're not going to do pie this year." And I thought, "Yeah, we are." So we went to Denny's and we each had a slice of pie at Denny's, and then after that we went up to the casino. Uh, Prairie Bank Casino was doing uh, New Year's celebration. Uh, it was mostly, you know, everybody sitting around gambling, but they, they had a countdown <laughs> at midnight. They had drawings every half hour huh. for uh, cash prizes. We didn't win. Um, and then they had, they had this gorgeous ice sculpture in the uh, foyer. I don't know if you guys saw my pictures. It yeah, was did. carved out, you know, uh, 2017, Happy New Year. Um, so we just, we pretty much found some it was crowded as heck but we found some slot machines and we just kind of played slots for a couple hours penny slots you know uh each took twenty dollars never went under the twenty dollars we i actually was up 30 at one point holly was up 20 at one point of course we just kept you know we went there to spend and if we were going to hit it big on twenty dollars or we weren't so uh counted down to midnight and uh celebrated with everybody there at the casino and then we went home headed home and had the rest of the night in i mean we we were Probably not home until about one thirty or so. Oh, yeah. It's at least a half hour. It was fun. It was nice to get out and do something, go somewhere where there's people. I don't get to do that much. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, we had a grand time. And then the kids uh, were at my parents' house, and they, you know, celebrated. They they stayed up till midnight, and uh, we had taken some champagne popper, you know, fireworks over there. Oh, yeah. Sparklers, and so they did that. So they they still had a festive, fun New Year's. The same thing they would have done at home with us. They just happened to do it with Grandma and Papa. So What did you do? Stayed home. Sarah, Sarah uh, was in bed by 10.30. <laughs> Maybe 10.45. Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched ARK. A-R-Q. Oh, the Netflix the show. Netflix movie. <clears throat> it was really good. It's uh, in the vein of Edge of Tomorrow and Source Code. Ooh. But So it, it kind of drops you into this otherworldly uh, sci-fi universe kind of thing where you're kind of lost of what's kind of going on other than they get right to the looping right away and so eventually you stop worrying about what's going on outside this house because it's all pretty much inside one house the entire time and so you just get so uh sucked into it that yeah i highly recommend it it's a movie or a series it's a movie it's a movie it's got robbie amell and uh trish from jessica jones is the lead other lead in it i can't recommend it enough it's really well done uh it i have it in my queue i just it was directed by and written and directed by a guy who worked on orphan black he was like a script editor and a producer on it so i guess he left to go do this movie so but come midnight it was good we were home because there were lots of fireworks so i put the thunder shirt on cody and went and woke up cody and gave her a kiss and Cody then stayed. You woke up Cody and gave her a kiss. Woke up, woke up Sarah and gave her a kiss. Oh, okay, all right. right. Cody gave me kisses too. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty chill. What'd you do, Sean? Um, Well, we actually um, Patrick came over earlier in the day to pick up the stuff that he'd left from the previous night when we had our Clontarf uh, Christmas get together, and he had left some games and some uh, drinking supplies and things over here, and he came to pick them up and stayed. (laughs) 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 Just, just never made it back out of the house. Um, and Corey and uh, Julian showed up after he got off work, and we wound up playing uh, some Ticket to Ride, which I love. That's, That's the game. coolest game yeah. ever. Uh, it's the one with the uh, railroads and you know, mm. building the routes and everything. 
And then uh, we played another one called Betrayal on House on Betrayal on the Haunted Hill House, or I don't know. It's Betrayal something. Betrayal on House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> that could be it. I don't think <laughs> there's a movie it. called House on Haunted Hill. That's why I don't think that's it. It's Betrayal on the House or Betrayal in the House on the Hill or something of that effect. But you go through the the thing, and as you walk into a room, you flip. There, there's four levels to this house, and the cards are all based on level. So then you shuffle up the cards, and then you walk in, and you go, okay, I'm on the main floor. So you have to find a main floor room, and you flip it over, and you don't know what it is until you get it flipped over or how you're going to orientate it. So you kind of build the house as you explore it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. And then different houses have different event item or, um, I forget what the other one is, triggers that you have to read these other cards that cause these different effects to happen. The big one is the haunt, because you're kind of building up as you're exploring this spooky, creepy house. You're building up to this haunt event. And you don't want the haunt because bad things are going to happen. And so for, uh, you know, we, we, you have to roll to determine whether or not you triggered the haunt on this roll or not. And you kind of keep going around. We finally got up to the point where we did trigger it. And uh, it reveals the betrayer because it's betrayal at the house of wherever. So one of the characters that you're playing turns against the group. Ooh. Well, in this case, it was Corey. So she got a special rule book. And we looked it up, okay, you're in this room at this time, so you go, we're going to do haunt number 71. So she goes off to read her instructions for number 71, and the rest of us get together to read our instructions for haunt 71. Now, normally, as this works, the betrayer is the one that is then in charge of demons or whatever that's going to try and kill everybody before you can get out of the house. And you have a specific set of rules to stop them. In this particular scenario, it turns out it's our house, uh-huh. <laughs> and we are all dead. Oh, we're all ghosts except for Corey. Ooh. So we're trying to get her, and she's trying to exercise the rest of us. <laughs> so she thinks she's going to be the bad guy. Turns out she's really the good yeah. guy, and, and it you're was, all the bad guys. Now, having said that, it was a cool twist. We we're like, "Ooh, all right, cool." The rules kind of sucked for this particular haunt. I've played this game once before, and I've seen it played, and it it flowed much better that way mm-hmm. than it did this way. And I don't know if. She looked it up online and said there were a bunch of confusion, too. So maybe it's just poorly worded with how uh, <clears throat> things are supposed to work. But we, I mean, it's supposed to be about an hour-long game. And I think we played that thing till about four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very much, that, there's that gamer's meme where it's gaming, 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 happy new year, back to gaming. That's kind of what we wound up doing. It was like, hey, it's New Year's. Okay, happy new year, everybody. That's what okay, we did. back to the thing. So. <laughs> slot machine, slot gamble. machine, slot machine. <laughs> happy new year, kiss. Slot machine, slot machine. <laughs> kind of along the same lines. But, you know, it was just kind of low-key. If I'd have known you weren't doing anything, oh. you certainly could have come over. Yeah, that's all right, though. But, Otherwise, uh, Cody would have been disturbed by all the fireworks. Yeah, that's true. And... Yeah, there was a lot of fireworks going off at, uh, off at midnight. Oh, but... I suppose I could have brought Cody over here. Yeah, you're welcome. I don't know how we would have got along with Captain. But... Captain Captain's problem. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's Captain's problem. Although, yeah. I like Cody better than I like <laughs> I could have set out some chicken for him. Oh, you would have loved that. I'm sure he would have found some food to get into. But, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a low-key, you know, fun. But we, 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 had, we had a good time. And of course, I had to go to bed and get up this morning and work, which sucked. Uh, but, yeah, it's a good time. Let's move on to uh, feedback. How about some news first? Let's, gosh, darn it. Or should we do our special thing? You know, first? let's let's do feedback today. Okay, feedback. Let's do feedback. Since feedback. Just save me. <laughs> <laughs> just we'll mixing up. Just something to be new different. for the new year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Feedback. Feedback comes from Ben. 
He writes, feedback alert, he's alive! Hey guys, it's been some time since I last assaulted you with my meanderings. Feedback in general has been slow. Come on, people, we'll write in already. Anyhow, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's been some stuff going on here, so, so uh, going on, so here we go. First, I caught up, I caught whatever stomach bug is going around the day after Christmas. Oh, so I no. Just listened to last week's show today, Friday. I'm happy to hear that for once, my assessment of Doctor Who isn't an isolated opinion. <laughs> it's not secret. I haven't liked Moffat's direction or writing of Who's since taking over the showrunner position. I loved his stories under RTD, though. Having said that, I tried to go into each story with an open mind. Prior to the Christmas special, I had read Bad Wolf's opinion on the matter. It wound up being very close to my own. I am glad I chose that I chose to DVR it and go see Sing in the theater with the family. Sing was pretty good, but not great, by the way. As to the Christmas special, while I didn't outright hate it, I would have been okay not seeing it either. Uh, Andy uh, had the same opinion of it yeah, as all of us. So. Yeah. We're not alone, Ben. Uh, James had the same opinion, too. He told me today that he watched it and was kind of like, eh, he just, it, it was just kind of a poor story. And I'm like, yeah, it really yeah. kind of was. <laughs> uh, moving on, my Who haul this year, this Christmas, was limited to the fourth Doctor figure from Pyramids of Mars that includes the time control panel and sonic screwdriver. Ooh, cool. In reading, I am currently pursuing candy, uh, Catalyst, perusing, sorry, Catalyst by James Luceno. It's the prequel novel of Rogue One. It provides a lot of setup for the movie, which was outstanding, but isn't terribly exciting. By that I mean there isn't a lot of action. It's a lot of setup and backstory. I'm also reading George Lucas, A Life, which I have put on pause for the moment. Once done with Catalyst, I intend to pick that back up. And today's mail, however, was Mind of Stone, the newest Lethbridge Stewart gem from Candy Jar Books. Further complicating my next book dilemma is the fact that I picked up The Princess Diarist by Carrie Fisher just two days before her heart attack. Oh, gosh, mm. yeah. Given her subsequent passing, I may take that on next. James, those are all things, or Ben, those are all things that I think I have on my to-read list. I got Catalyst for Christmas. I look forward to reading that one. Uh, lastly, I did something new today. I used an Amazon gift card to purchase items there. Of course, I used the portal on your site to access Yay. Amazon. I'm hoping you guys will still get a portion of the sales despite the gift card being used. Also, I love that you added lids to your sponsor area, or to your sponsor ads. I purchased a couple of World Series Champions hats from them, again using your site's portal. Go Cubs! <laughs> I also purchased some Christmas gifts from the Think Geek using you guys. Lastly, I have to tell my wife you guys have torrid as well now she loves that place it's nice to be able to get what we want and need or need and help you guys at the same time that's all for now hope you guys have a safe and happy new year take care time lord ben p.s the bit about people writing in feedback was meant tongue-in-cheek not to be taken seriously <laughs> also i chose mind of stone as my next book after catalyst it will be my first book of 2017 hey Yay. well Thanks, thank you ben. very much ben good to hear from you and a happy news year to you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> you, of course, can send us feedback by going to our website, TravelingTheVortex.com, and fill out the Send Us Feedback tab. You can send it to feedback at TravelingTheVortex.com, or you can do as Ben did and DM it to our Twitter accounts, at TravelVortex. And uh, as uh, Ben did with his hoo-haul, we're wanting to hear your hoo-haul from Christmas, so... Uh, 
if you want to send some feedback and let us know uh, what you got uh, that was who related items uh, we'd love to hear those now should we move on to news Let's move on to news. There, <laughs> really, right. there really isn't any news. No news. But we thought we'd take this time to let you know what the January Goodreads Book Club book is, which is The Legends of River Song. Uh-huh. That anthology book that came out a couple, or last year, I believe. So that's January's book. There's already a forum up for you to take part in. So once you read it, or as you read, go uh, comment away. I think that came out around the same time or right after when uh, Legends of Shielder came out. Yeah, I think it was a little after. And of course, a reminder, if you're not already a member of the Goodreads Book Club, you should go sign up. Yeah, yeah. you can uh, sign up for Goodreads if you're not already on there, and when you do, just look for the uh, Traveling the Vortex Doctor Who Book Club. And if you join the group, please send us all friend requests. Yeah. yeah. We want to know that you're reading. Have you guys uh, done your challenge for this year? I completed it. I completed mine. Thanks to this. I think I ended up at 40. Two out of the forty, I think. I the last time I looked at it, it was forty-two, maybe forty-three of the forty. So I think I was at sixty-six of sixty-five. I'm going to have to step it up this year since, again, since which I, I seem to have made it every year so far. Since I counted havoc files into them, I had to go and strip away some of the duplicate short oh. stories. <laughs> so yeah, good call. luckily, Twelve Doctors of Christmas put, you put me at thirty. At 30. Exactly. Good. good, good. I might have to bump it up next year too. I put mine at sixty to start with. No, you didn't. You uh, put yours at 40 to start with, and then you bumped it to 60. Because you and I no, were for, for, for 2017. Oh, for 2017. I, for 2017. Gonna, <laughs> I was like, no, you didn't. It was 40, and then I saw you bump it to no, 60. No, because yours was 40, right? Uh-huh. And I, I did 41. Oh, that's right. You did do 41, yeah. Because <laughs> i got to be clear. I might just go up to 35. <laughs> I, you know, I did 30 ambitious. the last year. This year, I did... 40. I think next year I'm going to shoot for 50. Although I think I'm going to go so increments of 10 each year. I've started reading the fifth Harry Potter book, and of course I'm still in the middle of Clash of Kings. If I finish that in 2017, does it count to the 2017 total? That's how I read it. I finished it in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I counted the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes prequel. I, think I started you, in 2015 as part of I think of if you read the bulk of it in that year, it counts for that year. How many, how many pages are you in? I'm uh, I'm not a bulk of Harry Potter. I'm not sure about uh, Clash of Kings. Uh, <laughs> I think whichever one you finish the bulk of it in. I guess you're not counting it for the last year, so you might as well count it for this exactly. year. Exactly, that's kind of what I was this thinking. Year, so you might as well count it for last year. I, don't I think know. it goes either way. Some, somebody took umbrage to me counting uh, books last year for the current year total. When it was, well, that was obviously a 2015 book. It's like, I know, I fixed Oh, I it. did, yeah, I did. But that was a 2015 <laughs> book. But it was a 2015 book. <laughs> I just you didn't did log it until 2016. Uh, yeah. In fact, I logged a whole bunch of stuff today, and I had to keep rolling the date back to last year to make sure <laughs> so, that it counted. So it keep it was all stuff the... that I, you know, I yeah. legitimately finished last right, year. I just didn't log it until today. We would start adding it to this year. So cool. Me, i got a 10-book head start. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to explain what we're going to do? Well, we're going to do something a little special uh, this year for our Traveling the Vortex, a very merry Traveling the Vortex Christmas special. Uh, what we did is, uh, as most people know, 2016 was kind of a rough year. Um, in fact, we're all seeing it off in style because um, there were a lot of... There were some good things in 2016, but there were also some bad things. So what we're going to do is we got all the good things and bad things that we could think of that happened in 2016, and we put them in this TARDIS, and we're going to open it up. We're going to pull a sheet of paper out of it with uh, what is on it. We're going to read what's on the paper, and then uh, we're going to decide whether we it was a good thing and we should keep it or a bad thing, and we should just do away with it. We're going to do away with it in, in a special fashion here. So 
Yep, I can't do that. <laughs> you want to light our, uh, our Sean's candle? Sean's going to light our candle. Fire. I can hold the candle for you, though. There's the candle. Oh. Ready? This is compelling audio. It is compelling audio. Oh, it's a great sounding audio, too. Sean has forgotten how to light matches. <laughs> Keith gave me a dud. You, I think you used the you wrong end. That end. It's the side with the sulfur on it. <laughs> it didn't wipe. No, you no, were you... doing the side without the sulfur. Well, let's see if we can set off the smoke alarm. Yeah, no kidding. And get the fire department called here. If we could even light this. There we go. All right. Ooh. All right, so I have drawn out our first... Uh, I don't there's any sulfur oh, on that one. This is for our... I think uh, you had the wrong end, Sean. <laughs> I think you I had did. the wrong You definitely end. did. Uh, this is for our British uh, listeners, especially. This was oh, rats at work. Brexit. Brexit. <laughs> Brexit this year, as everybody knows, uh, the UK left the. Uh, what are you doing, Sean? Oof! I bumped the mic. Let me switch hands. <laughs> Give me the. Okay, just don't worry about it. It's it's going to be destroyed anyway. So. Well, that's why. I- I didn't want to create a bigger fire than we already have going on here. Let's put it on cables. All right, there you go. Britain uh, left the uh, uh, European Union this year, so I think that's a bad thing. We should uh, say goodbye to that properly. What do you think? Be gone, Brexit. Be gone, gone. Brexit. Be gone. All right. Keith, you want to do one? Yeah. All right. Hold on, let me switch to... Okay, this one. Meeting Jeremy Bullock. Oh, that's a good one. We that is a good one. We're not going to burn this. We're not going to burn that. Uh, Atlantic Comic Con this year, we got to meet uh, Jeremy Bullock. We got to sit on stage and interview him and talk with him, and and that was a blast, a lot of fun. So, so that's a good pile there, Keith. Good pile right there. Reaching into the Magic Tardis and pulling out Magic Tardis. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Is this a good thing? How do you feel about so, Pokemon um, Go? I think Pokemon Go, in all, in all is a good thing because it got a lot of people motivated. It, it's a fun game for one thing. It got a lot of people motivated and out there exercising, walking. It kind of did what its purpose was, engaging, have fun, get people out and about, looking at uh, landmarks and things like that, getting some exercise. It did have some negative effects. We did have people that were driving and crashing into people. We had the couple in uh, Toronto, I think, that broke into the zoo yeah. to get to a Pokestop. But I think overall, Pokemon Go was a good thing. I'm going to agree. I'm going to say that uh, it, it, it did more good than bad. And if nothing else, in, in, in our experience, being able to go out to the park at 1130 at night and just see swarms of people yeah. roaming around. Yeah. And there was a real sense of community. Yeah, kind of built up so. over that, so, I uh, which I think we needed. So Even I think it's I'm a good thing. I'm not a fan of it. I would agree. All right, put it in the uh, Where's good, the good pile? pile. There's a good pile. All right, <laughs> Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Burn it. Burn I'm it. not even going to do it. Everybody knows our feelings on Batman versus Superman. I'm the only one that's burnt anything so far. Well, it's because you're a little black rain cloud. Apparently guy. so. Yeah, oh, the grumpy uh, guy. Here's mine. You got two. Oh. I got one. Planet Comic Con from last year. Yay! That was a great thing. Yay! Planet Comic Con was a good thing. thing. If it hadn't been for Planet Comic Con, we wouldn't have met Jeremy Bullock, too. But it was, it was a good year for Planet Comic Con. It was a real, really fantastic, good year. Fantastic job they do out there. We're looking forward to this year. Big finish. Ooh, big they finish. Have you know what? Carried the torch. They have. We, we put that one in there because there's no one thing you can 
look at it, big finish, and say this was great. This was great. it was all great. They've been carrying the torch, as Keith said, uh, since we've had no who. <laughs> yeah, going right along, and it's been it's been terrific. So we we certainly appreciate that. So that's uh, a good thing. Good thing, yay! Good thing in 2016. We think of a lot of good things, guys. This is maybe this year wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Cubs win the series. That's that was a good, good thing, thing, definitely. Uh, ben will be happy with that one. We are putting that in a good pile. <laughs> they hadn't won the series in over a hundred years before they won. Impressive. So, as a diehard Royals fan, even I can say, well, uh, go Cubbies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the Cubbies kind of became America's team. I know we've got some probably Indians fans out there that are going to disagree, but I think the Cubbies. I think uh, the majority of the United States, especially, rallied behind the Cubbies because it was such a historic win. Would have been a historic win for the. Cleveland Indians as well, but I think the Cubs they had a longer dry stretch, so I yeah. think it's very well deserving. The one I just pulled was SpaceX. SpaceX had some ups and downs this yeah, year. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit of both yeah. for this one. They they were very successful, but also had some ex- uh, explosions. Yeah, they had some uh, pad launches that went bad. They did have one that went well, went up, there came was, down, and landed and was successful. Well. So yeah. well, the, the big one was this year, and then. Yeah, they they, they, they landed on that barge this year, they didn't did. they? On yeah. the moving target. Yeah, that's impressive. That and a, a vertical, no less. Yep. Yeah. So let's put that. Let's in put that pile. in a good pile. SpaceX. SpaceX is. A it's good moving thing. us back out to space, which is a good thing because we haven't been out there for a long time. Mm-hmm. So. Oh. Kelly Beaver dies. Oh, that is. Yeah. yeah. Good friend of ours, uh, one of the Planet Comic Con organizers, uh, put together a lot of great things volunteers she was always in, in charge of putting together the volunteers and we she's sorely missed this year she's very very sorely very missed. sad that's a burn we're just gonna that one made me sad that'll work you might have put the candle out though that's okay he can light another match maybe <laughs> <laughs> we need a good one we need a good one. Oh, this was a tough one too uh another star wars alum Passed away this year. Uh, Kenny Baker played R two D two. Oh no! Now we've got we've got to put <laughs> Sean in charge of lighting the match again. Let's see if this can go. Do, Use do, the right I like that sound. The eternal flame is lit again. Kenny, you will be missed. R.I.P. Kenny. Keep going. <laughs> Exploding cell phones. That was a lot of. This was a year for. Was it the Nokia? No, Samsung. Uh, Samsung. Uh, Galaxy yeah. Note 7, wasn't it? That one deserves that. Burn the Saying goodbye. cell phones. Saying goodbye to the exploding cell phones. And it didn't happen to any of us. That should probably be known. Yes. None yes. of us were yes. victims of that. Despite having a Samsung phone. But, but you don't have a Galaxy Note 7, right? No. And you don't have a Galaxy Note 7. So. That's, too, that's too rich for my I blood. Would. Yeah. <laughs> this one is the 2016 presidential campaign and election. Burn it. Burn it. <laughs> <laughs> because even if your candidate won, you have to admit, this it year's campaign season, we campaign. want to put it behind us. Definitely put it behind us. Burn, baby, burn. That's really loud on the... Uh... Don't worry, Merlin. That's the last politic ones in the pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, no politics, please. We, enough. We could have, yeah, we could have <laughs> gone through a lot of stuff politically, but we decided that just kind of covered it all. What does that say, Glenn? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, oh, Africa, free of Ebola. That's a good thing. Finally got out of the Ebola virus. There was we had had the uh, Ebola plague that was going right. on in, in East Africa, especially. It's finally been eradicated in Africa this year. So uh, I didn't know it, this. Hopefully, it will not return. But well, it, that's a good it thing. Is, then. It is gone. It's under control. We should say so. All right, here we go. Oh, I got two. I got two. Oh, all right. We've got. Uh, 
Juno to Jupiter. We had some comments on this amongst the three of us because Juno made it to Jupiter, but yeah. they did have some uh, issues where it went into safe mode and then they couldn't get any data back. Is that correct? I think they finally got it out of safe mode. They is did. my understanding. But so it's a good thing then for 2016. It is a good thing. So we're going to set that in the good pile. See, there's a lot more. Nice than 2016. good pile so far. Topcon. 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 Yay, we loved Topcon. We're going to end up with all the bad stuff. That's the very end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're saying goodbye to it. We're do, sending it off. Ice bucket challenge leads to a breakthrough. That's right. That is good. That's yeah, a good thing for the ALS. We were a part of a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and solicited donations for uh, ALS, and they actually used that money and made a breakthrough this year. Breakthrough this year. So that's uh, into the big good pile. thing. Good pile. Good pile. We got to meet Annika Wills, who played that was a Polly. Great she was and, so wonderful. Uh, Doctor Who, and she was such a wonderful woman. We met her at Time Eighty Two. We're gonna put that in the good pile. ISIS. ISIS. In the burn Burning pile. Burn that. No way. We don't want any more of ISIS. So many shootings and ISIS-related terrorism things this year, and hopefully we can be free of that in 2017. No who. Burn it. Burn it. Burn it. No who in 2016. I don't like waiting a no year. With the exception to. of the uh, yeah, 20th. Or 20th? The Christmas. <laughs> Our friends at Titan Comics put out some great com- content this year, 2016. Yes. We're going to keep that. That's we a like good one. That, 2016. I'll hold it this time. And thank you, Titan Comics, for continuing to do good work. Gene Wilder passing. Oh, Gene Wilder passing. Not a good thing at all. Willy Wonka, we're going to miss you. Our listeners. Our listeners. Yay! Yay. We had some terrific listeners in 2016, and we want to put those in the safe pile. That's something we want to hold over for 2017 as well. We want to continue to have our great listeners, and thank you guys for listening. Absolutely. Yes. All right. We got to meet Peter Davison this year, who is the fifth Doctor, Doctor Who, and uh, that goes in the save pile because that is another memory that I will, I, I will. There's certain things in 2016 that I want to hold dear and remember, and that was one of that the good things. The again, we want to thank the folks at uh, Time Eddie too for allowing us to be able to do that. Absolutely, Alan Rickman passing. That one. Ooh. We'll put that behind us. Uh, R.I.P. Alan. We've got uh, oh another one that was really really striking is uh, Carrie Fisher who was then in turn oh. followed by her mother uh, Debbie Reynolds yeah. a, a day after which so R.I.P. Debbie and Carrie Rogue One yay yeah, that that's a good Rogue thing one, we... put that in a save pile all right Spencer Wilding yeah we got to meet Spencer Wilding Mr. Uh, Darth Vader this year speaking of Rogue <laughs> One. We're going to uh, uh, thank TopCon for putting on such a great program this year. Uh, oh, we had several species that came off the endangered species list this year. So that was a good thing. That's really uh, good. Whales, pandas, turtles. There was a bunch of them that yeah. came off this year. Now, they're still in the, uh, what's the, the there, term? There's threatened and threatened. There, there's several different yeah, variety, so they're not. It's not that they're of... out of the woods yet. It's still important that we, we keep an eye, but they're no longer on that. Top They're just not endangered. endangered species, yeah. Level so the Disney Gator attack. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah that's a. Yeah, we'll I want to put that, that one behind us. Hopefully, that won't ever happen again. David Bowie passing. Ugh. Burn that. Oh, the Orlando shooting. That was burn a big that. One. Put that one out. Harambe shot. Oh, he was the That's gorilla. Like gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to burn that one. We're going to burn that one. Put that one behind us. Luckily, we end on a happy note. Yay! 
Candy Jar Books. Candy Jar Books, our, our friends, friends at Candy, Candy Jar, Jar Books, who's doing the uh, Lethbridge-Stewart line. They've continued. They started two years ago. They've continued through 2016, and they continue to put out great product into the new year, 2017. So, And look for our review of Blood of Atlantis next week on the podcast. Yes. Merlin uh, adds to the, the pile John Glenn. Sad oh, John Glenn. Yeah. yeah, sad. That would be a burn. All right, we've put 2016 behind us. Here's for a joyous and prosperous 2017. Yes, absolutely. May you have a happy news year. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to our reviews. We have a few. Let's do Power of the Daleks because we've put these episodes off for for weeks now. So Um, it's the end. Five We're doing and six. five and six, which is the grand finale. And five... It's the end, but the moment has been prepared for Five me. is where it really starts to ramp up. And that's where I really start to really enjoy it. I think I, uh, several weeks ago I talked about how four was exciting. You finally kind of got some. Five really keeps that momentum going. And I think six is the best, except for I think that bo- the thing that bothers me. And now that I see it, it's even probably better than it was, but... When I used to when I when I listened to this and the uh, uh, audio reconstruction, the scientist guy that we keep calling Niner because he looks like Niner <laughs> with the specs. Uh, every every day I watch that and I go, I can remember that guy's name. And then I come here and it was it Jameson. Uh, I don't uh, remember either. Anyway, <laughs> the guy goes cuckoo, and he just really goes off the deep end. When you're listening to it in audio, it's this quick turnaround transition See, and, and it's I, like I it's hard to follow watching it too i agree but now watching the visuals of it i think it puts it together and it makes it work better knowing that he's present for certain things yeah, exactly he and he, know, he yeah. because he observes what's going on like it flip-flops so he, often he, well so quickly it, and it was just like boom he turns on it it just goes crazy there in a dime yeah the other thing i noticed this time is the guy that's taking over and i understand he's been kind of doing some machinations behind the scenes the guy that takes over for the governor, Braden, I think. He really gets his army or his his soldiers in place, his guard, really, really quick. And I understand that they had to do that because they only had six episodes. Well, but and he was in charge of the rebellion, wasn't he? He wasn't was. He the one he was, behind it. Well, so that's he was behind it. He wasn't necessarily in charge of it because. Well, yeah. he was in charge, but the governor didn't realize that he was in charge of them yeah. because he was playing both sides so that he could and, get and himself And that's why in having his army I was okay with because he'd already had this rebellion ready to go. But the thing or, is, most up. of the rebels were not part of his Uh-oh. soldiers. I they just were, got to assume there was more rebels that we didn't see. I that think that the, the governor put him in charge of when he put him in charge, I think the the idea is that he puts together more of these guards. He has a few. Uh, he has a handful. Yeah. But then suddenly he's got like... Because then there's even... Remember he's talking about... He's telling his guards to kill the other rebels to get to yeah, do away yeah. with the rest of the rebels. So, I mean, there clearly were still some rebels there too. So, I, Overall, I, I, I'm going to... I want to tip my hand a little bit because I think when this comes out on DVD, I think we're going to look at the color version of this. But... The color version dropped on iTunes today. I got all six episodes. Oh, did you? And so uh, what happened was I went to watch episode six and realized that the color ones that were there, and I was having a hard time finding the black and white six. So I thought, (laughs) okay. So I clicked on the color one. The color looks terrific, and it fixes a lot of things I had with this. But again, we'll talk. Yeah, with the animation. So we'll talk about that a little more when uh, we actually do a bulk review of the DVD, and we'll talk a little bit about Boy the Color. But I, just a, a little hint, I think it makes a lot of the things more palatable <laughs> than, uh, 
uh, than the black and white version does. Although I'm glad they did it black and white so that you kind of have that, you know, pure form of, at least purest form that you can of how it was presented originally. But the color vastly improved some of the blemishes I felt that, that the uh, story had. Mm. Uh, for me, I, I think some of the story, the, the issues I had with it is are personal more than anything. Just going to that watching it week-to-week format or sometimes two weeks in between a, a single episode. Um, and I've discovered while being on overnights, my memory is not quite as great as it, it normally is. And so I had trouble retaining who certain characters were and what was going on. And it took me a few minutes to get back into the episode enough to be like, oh, okay, now I remember how things, how we left things. It's a good thing we do those recaps then, huh? Well, <laughs> <laughs> We've sort of trained ourselves to watch classic Who in, in, um, in, in chunks, in, yeah. big, in big bulk. So I think that... that I think, so I think I will enjoy the story even more during Friday Night Who. Yeah. Well, you've put me at a fairly succinct disadvantage then. Um, I did not get my homework done for this week <laughs> um, with all the family stuff that was going on in the holidays. So I did not get to Power of the Daleks, even planning to try and do an episode a night I didn't get to. Uh, and I kind of thought to myself, well, I'll just knock it out and treat it like a movie and do it that way. But if you're saying you don't think you enjoyed it, I feel like I really need to watch it episodically well, now I'm to make sure. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I'm just well, saying but you I didn't did enjoy not... that aspect that, of it. Yeah, I think that was one of those nitpicks about it is the fact that it, he couldn't remember characters, things like that. But he... the story didn't gel as well because I had such distance between each part. I feel like I really need to watch it episodically then. So, so you, you know should. whether that's the case or yeah. not. To experience it that way, yeah. Because I'll, I'll, I will always default to the the quote unquote omnibus <laughs> style, <laughs> right? We just watch it all at one chunk, watching yeah. it all in one chunk, or, or as we do it, in breaking up and you know maybe two style. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I feel like maybe I need to because I well I hate watching New Who that way. <laughs> I was very happy not doing a podcast and getting a well, whole season are, worth of New Who and then just digesting it at over least a day or those two. Are for the most part. Standalone, standalone stories. Doesn't I mean, matter. we do have the two parts every once in a while. But <laughs> should we move on to um, the Ninth Doctor's Christmas special? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about the Ninth Doctor Christmas special. Well, besides the fact that the Ninth Doctor, <laughs> to me, has already had a Christmas special, and the fact that um, I always think of the Unquiet Dead as the Ninth Doctor's Christmas special. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's <clears> a good point. I didn't like this. <laughs> I know, thought you know why I didn't like it? Why? Because because we haven't read the comics. And the characters, we've got the Celine, the Celine, uh, the, yeah. the the other, the, the new unit companion. Nurse. <laughs> They're all from the comics yeah. introduced I, I, and then I thought the same thing. When, when I read that, though, I thought, you know, these must be new ongoing companions. I went and looked them up just to make characters. sure, especially the Slavine, to make sure she wasn't the one right. from the. Well, fr- that was my one. first thought as I started reading that. I thought they can't do this. That kind of mucks up the the finding her again, uh, hiding out in uh, uh, Wales and Cardiff as the governess or whatever she was. I can't remember what she was head of something. And that kind of mucks that up if they've met her one other time. She was mayor, yeah, Mayor Carve. And so that mucks that up if she's, you know, they've already met her once before. And then it occurred to me that I the name didn't sound right. And so I did the same thing, Keith. I went and looked, and I went, oh, this is a character that has been introduced in the Night Collector comics. And I'm assuming the big bad guy, quote-unquote, was too, even though... He didn't have a TARDIS wiki page. Yeah, he wasn't exactly a big bad. I just kind of <laughs> no, got the impression kind of... he was uh, a callback to an off story. Yeah, uh, and, character and it, that the it works doctor, to or that, that the extent. doctor had come across at one point. So that one, they, that one worked for me. The character worked for me, 
But yeah, inter- being introduced to the new characters, and then just kind of, I, I agree that it's a Christmas story. It's supposed to be a little aloof and silly, but it just, it there's no substance to it. You know no, what I mean? And it's a short, but yeah. it, to some extent, the settings, I think, works really well, because it also plays into that reality show episode that it kind of jumps off of that because it goes from reality show to talk show. Yeah. So I, I, I like that aspect of it, of them trying to further that idea in a short story. I thought it was fun. I, I, I was fairly clueless. I, I also thought it was the Slitheen from the episodes, and I just kind of chalked it up to, well, this is after she reverted back to an egg and went home. and Can't be. In my head, it could. <laughs> it can't be because that episode takes place right as they go to the space station and are, are pulled into... You can't fit this story because Jack's not there, for one thing. And Jack's with them from that episode to the episode where they all end up on the space station on the reality TV show. So yeah, it, but it can't what, fit what, in there. It has fluid. to be... In fact, it has to be... Well, there's nothing at the end of the Boomtown to push you towards that episode. Other than the fact that Jack's with them. And yeah, other than yeah, that. That's aspect, what I'm saying. Yeah. You've got that one connected but factor. You could so we fit, know those go if, right back if to If Jack back. were in here, if you Jack could were in there, in absolutely, yeah. you could shoot it in, but you can't. And Unless Jack's off so doing I think, something. I think this is taking place... <laughs> I don't know how the ninth series is running, but I think this is taking place before all of that. So more After the Slovene, but before you, you, You're Jack. probably, more than likely, Unless 100% Unless there is an issue in there somewhere where they dropped off Jack. And then pick them up later, which is possible because in the books, in the they do uh, well, only, who, only only human, human yeah. they dropped Jack off in the past, future, past. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the 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 new companion, I kind of felt was the same way. It was like, oh, okay, this is shoehorned somewhere in the ninth Doctor's. Yeah. You know, see, okay, fine. That's uh, good. I think it's cool that she's a unit. Character. A unit yeah, nurse. I, I liked. I liked the. Uh, I liked the whole television show with gravity chairs and. I like the idea of a Celine being a talk show host. I think that was kind of fun and nutty. And the and fact that the gravity chairs are needed because people kept storming the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the panels was. didn't seem to go along with the uh, story. No, either. I think they pulled them from the comic. Uh, so whatever comic stories they were involved in, I think that was it. So they weren't special to that either. I don't think so. I appreciate the attempt. I just I didn't, didn't all that much enjoy it. Glenn didn't like it because the Celine are in it. Well, that could have been it, too. Which, that's much, which makes me concerned about the Ninth Doctor uh, ongoing series. I do like the the slightly different approach to the Slitheen. The fact that while well, apparently she used to be evil, and now she's just a talk show host, and she thought this would get good ratings, and she's the one to make sure to shut everything down and make sure things don't escalate and get worse. It's nice to have some... She's not a villain. And she, and she starts off thinking she is going to be, and then she winds up not. Yeah. I, I did appreciate that aspect of it. But for, for, for a short story, you know, it was okay. Tell you how they do short stories well. It's this next compilation that we're going to uh, <laughs> review. The Twelve Doctors of Christmas. Twelve festive adventures starring twelve incarnations of the ever-enduring Doctor. Brilliant, bright, brilliant, bright and brilliant, these tales are filled with monsters, mayhem, merriments, and plenty of Christmas magic. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. I give the whole book a dun, I dun, would dun. agree. Um, let's step through them because there are some that I think are weaker than others. But mm-hmm. uh, The first one is All I Want for Christmas by Jacqueline Rayner. First Doctor. For the first Doctor. Yeah, these will go chronologically through the Doctors. One, two, three, four, five, yes. six, seven, nine, two. So this is the first Doctor and... It's the Vicky first Doctor. And Vicky, Susan Barbara. and Barbara. Or not uh, Susan. Barbara and Ian. <laughs> Vicky and Barbara and Ian, yes. I like this one quite a bit. I did too. I did too, and I like the the idea that Vicky wants to give Barbara 
an old-fashioned Christmas that she remembers and utilizes the device in order to do that and it kind of goes awry and it goes it goes it goes amuck basically because Vicky doesn't quite comprehend the things that uh Barbara describes to her. Vicky doesn't quite comprehend the things that Barbara describes to her and so they kind it's of great get, how it goes awry. Yeah, the snapdragon <laughs> ends up being an actual dragon. dragon. <laughs> uh Barbara sees her father again. Um but it's it's really kind of heartwarming that Vicky tries to do something uh, when the doctor doesn't quite figure out what's going on, I kind of thought that was kind of weird that he was playing along with it because I knew something was wrong because it just keeps this gets getting grander and grander things that are happening. Yeah, and I so I knew something was wrong, but I do like that the doctor really kind of ultimately did see what was happening and that they were having this joint dream essentially uh, that was getting out of control. Um, and the way that he handles it at the end kind of was, was a nice touch as well. They've all got a real nice Christmassy, heartwarming like message at the end of them, I think, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. I, I did find it odd that the Doctor was kind of, especially after at first being, no, this is not right, just kind of rolling with it. That's sort of what I meant. It was like yeah. you, you expected he knows something's going on, but then he sort of goes along with it. Well, he's even adamant that it's a trap. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was very early on that he was yeah. adamant that he was trapped. Yeah, <laughs> and then he he goes, he, you know, almost complete one eighty. Oh, it's trapped. No, nah, just 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 roll with it. It'll be all right. And it was at that point that I went, oh, you know something. Well, You're I wonder not if letting he clued him in on it. I didn't think it was conveyed because no, he kind wonder. of well, but he kind of the way he addresses her. Well, I I guess even she could have clued him in on it had. You mean before it happened? Yeah. Before it started? I don't think so because the way he addresses her at the end as a... Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. as kind of a, you know, you were well-meaning, but it was kind of a mistake the way he went about it type thing. Yeah, it makes me think that point. it wasn't... Uh, he wasn't in on it, but he had kind of, as Sean said, figured it out as it went, kind of just kind of rolled with it. You know what terrified me is the idea that the Christmas pudding is actually made with money in it. I had no <laughs> idea that was a thing. Yeah. And... Just the idea of getting a gallop of pie filling well, with a just gotta silver be dollar. It's kind of like a king's cake, though. At Mardi Gras, you've seen those, haven't you? Where they have different items uh, baked into the cake. And depending on which one you get, depends on, I don't know, luck or fortune or whatever. They're little hmm. plastic pieces now. Sometimes I think they're pewter pieces. I don't think they use pewter anymore. But plastic pieces in there that you find and there's a baby jesus in there i i don't know too much about it but we had a king cake one time they brought one into work and depending on the piece that you get depends on something that fortune or whatever you get for the year so you get the baby jesus i think it's a good thing just don't swallow the baby jesus that would be a bad thing for the record i don't want anything non-edible in my food (laughs) because i won't notice (laughs) fortune cookies have a item that's not edible. I don't eat those. Oh, well, okay. I break them up and take the fortunes out, but I don't, well, I don't, I don't, I don't eat them. <laughs> well, but, but he also knows there's something in Same there, concept. so he doesn't eat them Well, but you, you, if you lived in the UK, you would know <laughs> that there was money in your pudding. I no. <laughs> I love the fact that it was gold Frankenstein and myrrh. Yeah. There <laughs> <laughs> was a lot of great moments. There yeah. was. A lot of good moments. Uh... Should we move on to the second, story? Sorry, second Doctor's story? Can't a Comedy speak. of Terrors by Colin Brake. So this story was spoiled for me by looking at the illustration. Oh, what's the illustration? Because I didn't look at any of the illustrations. Oh, shame on you. They're good. 
They're good as illustrations. Here's the first doctor. Oh, yeah, okay. I did see that one. I did not see that one. So I, oh, okay. The reveal yeah. that it was a Slovene uh, was yeah. ruined for me. Now, here's a story I can get behind that has Slovene <laughs> in it. This, for I, me, was the weakest one in the book. I still liked it. I still enjoyed what they were... I, I get what they were trying to do with it, with doing the pantomime and making really yeah. playing everything up to the point where the entire story is very farcical. And putting a Slovene in that environment was great, because that's almost, you know, perfect use of them. And um, putting a Slovene against the second Doctor, I think, works really well, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the, the, spoilers. The fact that he accidentally blows it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I was going to do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just wanted to, you know... I thought it would stun it. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, which explains how he knows how to dispatch him in the uh, uh, Ninth Doctor story, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, the, the, I think the really cool thing about this is the, the misdirection you get of the princess's mother and how you think that she's the bad guy. I knew there was something wrong with the woman that was producing the, the play and putting it on. I knew there was yeah, there's something, something wrong, odd about especially it. that the doctor picks up on it and keeps testing her with the Scottish play, the, you know, the different things that he kept throwing out there. But See, I, I knew she was a Slovene from the start, and I didn't get spoiled on the photo. There was, was a just whole kind of an obvious one. Well, the, the, when she's because gassish, I kind yeah. of suspected, but uh, but I, I was good with that. I was I was fine that they were going that direction. I did like the misdirect and the fact that you're meant to think that, that I didn't that see the yeah. queen or the the mother was was the stepmother was yeah. a wicked stepmother, but she really wasn't. Uh, it ends up giving her life for the the uh, princess too. Was pretty cool. I don't. I, 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 I think it was one of the weaker ones. I'll agree with you there. I don't think it was the weakest in the book. We're coming to the weakest, but the, the, this one I don't think was one of the weakest. But yeah, there are definitely better ones in there. You mean the Christmas Inversion by oh, Jacqueline Rayner? I had so much fun reading this Did one. Did you? I did too. I, I thought it was a blast. Nothing happens. That I, I will agree with. Yeah, yeah, nothing happens. That's, but, that was but my it's problem. So much is fun. It, it's, it's a lot of running around, and then, I mean, you know nothing has to happen because nothing you know it's happen. being taken yeah. care of by the Tenth Doctor. I also had some issues where I was trying to figure out where it fit in the Christmas invasion because it's obviously happening uh, consecutive or congruently with it. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't figure out where it was, but it must have been after Mickey and uh, Rose, Rose uh, yeah, it's all while end up on, on, the, on the spaceship. Yeah. But there was just certain things that Jackie would say that seemed to place it earlier or later until I watched this week or last oh, week the Christmas invasion. And I went, okay. <laughs> I suppose that does still match up, so it was all right. But it was just—it was a lot of running around. What I did like about it was the the question that's brought up about, and also I wanted Jackie's memory to be somehow erased because she gets this huge surprise dumped on her that the tenth Doctor is, or that the Doctor has changed his face, and then suddenly another Doctor shows up, and I think that there needed to be a little more. I don't know. It may have been the Jackie element of it that I didn't like so much. She 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 knew enough about the Doctor, but she still seemed she reverted to very naive Jackie in this story, and I think that was the the problem I had with it. I think she hadn't been she knew the Doctor well enough that she but should have been more accepting of hey I'm a different one earlier version that kind of stuff, or they should have just erased her memory at the end somehow and fixed all of that for me, but they didn't. I, don't know. Um, I, I, I didn't have it, any of those issues with Jackie. <laughs> I, I guess I thought it was early enough in her timeline that 
I will I will 100% agree. I kept waiting for it to get to the meat of the issue. What is the third Doctor going to have to do in this story that affects or helps the tenth Doctor? Because there's got to be a reason for him to be brought to this time, and there wasn't. There was just there was just nothing well, there. It, it, it does was just almost an, give a here's how the Doctor could cut off his hand or grow back a new hand because he has that regeneration energy that that kind of leaks out of him. I kind of took that as a oh that's how he was able to grow back his hand after well I, because it was I kind of knew that from the episode anyway but, but I that thought what came was from a, from himself and what was version. interesting well that do, it does imply that I forgot yeah. siphoning yeah, some off is yeah. what maybe woke him up and not so much the cup of tea right yeah. right which I think kind of cheapens the the really cool moment where the tea falls and and is inverted in the TARDIS, and that's what revives him and wakes him up in the story. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of cheapens that. See, I didn't think was... it was the tea. I thought it was just him growing back the hand. Because I don't remember regeneration well, he, the, the, energy the, the, showing up when he He makes the comment the that there's still residual uh, uh, yeah. regeneration energy, and that's why I can do this, and he does the hand thing. And so he... Right, they're two separate events, because first he's, he's comatose through most of Christmas Invasion. Right. Yeah, I remember And then that. he finally gets up and says, oh, I just needed a good cup of tea because it tipped over in the TARDIS. And then he gets his hand cut off, but gets to grow a new one because he's got the residual energy. But I kind of like the idea that the reason he woke up wasn't so much from the cup of tea. It was the fact that he siphoned off some of the regeneration energy from the third doctor's presence. And that's kind of what kick-started waking him up. That's how I read it. It it, it does kind of imply that. You're Um, right. It does. Now, the problem with that is that, well, that's what you're here to do. If, if If that's it, the third, the whole reason the third doctor's presence within this story other than because we can, is to then kickstart the 10th Doctor waking up so that he can go fight the, the Sycorax. And it's like, okay, you've done that. There's no reason for the tenth do- or for the 3rd Doctor and Joe and Mike to continue to hang around in that story, not knowing that, obviously, but it, it right, just right. It creates a nothing's happening. Yeah. And, and so I, I think this one you really kind of just have to take it as a, it's well, a clever, look what I did. And then you move on. The, I, think yeah. was, I think it was a lot of fun. Much. The thing that I do like about it, the purpose that it does serve is the the question that Joe has for the doctor because Jackie brings up the point. Well, do you you know do you just dump him off and you leave him because if you know Rose is not the first one, blah blah blah, and then he brings up the point that they always leave him and he reassures you know uh, right. uh, Joe that he's not going to just dump her somewhere that yeah. they always leave him and so that was a nice moment I thought and it's a little bittersweet too knowing. That Joe what we in. know. <laughs> it almost prepares her for the Green Death. Yeah. Um, there's a, there, for me, there's I didn't hate the story. So don't get me wrong. Great I, it was, there it. was a lot of fun moments. The fact that they realize, oh, maybe having a sign saying Unit HQ isn't the best idea anymore. <laughs> well, I do like the fact that the guard doesn't won't let him in. Sure, sure. You're like the fifth one today that's come by and said he was a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that Joe is so convinced that it's the master behind everything the entire time, and then he does show up all tangled up. <laughs> it's it's it, there may not have been any meat here, but there was such great f- uh, frosting that I'm okay with it. The other hiccup, yeah. the <laughs> other way to look at the it. The other hiccup with this whole thing is is the you the I suppose you could work around and look at it because of things we know now, but there was a time lock. So none of the doctors past the eighth doctor could have met any of the past incarnations because regardless of the fact that the moment doesn't take effect the way we believed it did originally, there still was a time block that was not allowing him to go into his past or the past to come into his future. That was established by Russell's era. 
So the the third doctor conceivably should not have even been able to end up here in the first place. But you can talk your way out of it. But that seems like a stretch to complain <laughs> to about two. <laughs> I, I, I still don't think the time lock works the way you think it does. It, well, <laughs> that's what I it, fall down. That's off. just that's just it. It doesn't now that Moffat has kind of rewritten the time lock, but in effect, it does. I mean, that's that's how it was supposed to. It's work. a big wall. <laughs> what is a wall? And, and once, once, more once the once the moment happens, everything is put into a time lock. Even if it's a giant physical wall, as now the comics have alluded to, that's fine. But nothing can go in or out, and that also prevents the Doctor from, from any events that happen to him before that incarnation. Basically, cannot they can't meet See, while I, I while Gallifrey is behind See, that. Yeah, time I think lock. it's only. Anything Gallifrey and Time War related, since this the third Doctor was it on can't. Earth, and the and reason being is because that same Doctor is interacting with Gallifreyans in his past. So there, the the time lock disallows him from going into any of the time zone, creating a paradox. If he goes into the time zone of the eighth, uh, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth on Doctors, and there there still is a. We're going to get into something really detailed that we're going to talk on for far too long, and maybe I should just stop. But to me, that it can't work. That's why there's a there's a time lock element in there. Yeah, I don't read it that way. See, I, yeah, I don't, I don't either. I think time lock affects Gallifrey and time war specific stuff. Although you could argue that the fifth Doctor and the tenth Doctor did yeah, interact with each other as well. So I suppose there's that because that was before the time war. And after the time war, so those events are not time locked. It's mostly just the war doctor it's that's time locked, pretty much. Which is why we didn't hear of him. Mm-hmm. See? Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> that's how I take it. No, I agree with you. I, there's, there's not much here, but it's just—I thought it was a fun story for the sake of being a fun story. And this, yeah. honestly, this is the way to do a Christmas special. Oh yeah, this is way better than the superhero thing we got last <laughs> week. <laughs> I'll say that for it. What about the Three Wise Men by Richard Dungworth? <laughs> I like that they used actual astronauts from from history, yeah, from yeah. Earth history, and uh, the fact that the Doctor shows up basically uses them as a delivery service so that he can repair his TARDIS and get on his way. And the three of them basically just say, "You know, we're we just won't even admit this. They'll think we're crazy. Oh wait, we may have proof or evidence of it. Oh no, the doctor has <laughs> fixed that as well. Talk about a story without meat. Yeah, well, but, <laughs> yeah, and maybe it just had the fact that it, just the fact that the doc, but see that seems to be that the doctor has a purpose. I mean, he he has a plan. He has figured it out all the way to the very end of setting the uh, loop back so that they lose that 45 what was it 45 minutes something like that yeah 45 minutes of even recorded tape so that they don't even have proof of him showing up at that point as well because they end up back now near that am time. i crazy has this appeared anywhere else prior to this book did it sound familiar to you i read this thing somewhere i have no idea why or where but as i was reading it i was like this is the one with the astronauts and it's this, this maybe it has well i am convinced I'm wondering, that i've read I'm wondering it before if your brain is processing the first doctor story where jillian and john are on the moon and the astronauts land on the moon uh and they have to help them because they you know they're just there to observe but then the astronauts end up in the hole and i was wondering i'm wondering maybe maybe you're cross-pollinating i don't know i just as i got further and further into it the more convinced i became it wasn't just that it was familiar it wasn't like a deja vu it was like i have read this 
and I could not figure out where or, or, or why I would have read it or how. Do you remember I would that story? Right? That. Yeah, I remember I'm that talking one. about. The TV, uh, I'm wondering the if you're TV, comic, TV one. comic one. Yeah, yeah. I wondered if you're cross pollinating the story. I suppose it's possible, but I, I I really I remember them going through the the, the atmosphere corridor from the the capsule over to the TARDIS, and I, I was just like, why do I know this? I have no idea. <laughs> it seemed familiar to me, but I I, I equated the fact that we had a somewhat similar story that we maybe the doctor's going to pick me up at some point in time in the future <laughs> maybe he did pick me up and maybe he wiped he my memory you, took you to the future you read this story and then he took you back yeah and then he wiped my memory so i wouldn't know and i'm picking that up here's the funny thing about this, yeah, this I cannot, according to the tardis wiki there's no other instance of this story other than the 12 doctors of christmas Weird. i can't remember the fifth doctor story in this book. the fifth doctor one show to him me, the picture see if that uh, jogs his memory <laughs> To me, has the least can- uh, Christmas connection to it. Santar's Little Helpers by Mike Turner. Now that sounds vaguely familiar. The Santaran one, where they <coughs> land on the spaceship, where, where Tegan and Turlo and him land on the spaceship, and they Turlo has to go fight the Santaran in space. That's right, the spaceship. <laughs> they've crashed. They've, they've crashed, but there's as, a crash ship. The- they've come to the beacon. Yeah, and the beacon's this, put in. Okay, this was an enjoyable you. story. Okay. Not very much a Christmas story, yeah, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, very, the only, very little the Christmas. The only Christmas that. connection I saw was that it was set at Christmas, supposedly, Christmas Eve. And it was carrying supplies to the human colony on Christmas. So that was kind of the Santa connection. See, I didn't pick, down up, pick that was, up until it, you just It was weak. <laughs> and then the fact that the, uh, the, the, the Santarn robots, you know, at the end... Santar Little Helpers. I was like, oh, bad puns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, having said that, I liked the story I liked a lot. The story oh, yeah, me well. too. <laughs> yeah, now that I remember it. Um, I like the fact that uh, we get a little insight into uh, Turlo and the fact that he is uh, not just, you know, the prince or whatever he wound up being from his, his own planet, but he was in the military. Yeah, he knew how to yeah. fly. I mean, it really lent a lot to why he's able to kind of know what's going on with the TARDIS and, right. and you know, just, just added to that mystery for me. I thought it was really no, cool. No, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree it agree really too. expanded Turlo's character immensely in just a, a shoot, you know, short few little pages. Worked really well. And again, the characterization was great for uh, the Fifth Doctor and, and Tegan as well and this, oh, absolutely. The Suntaran guys, like, man, I, I would not want to be in your shoes when you get Te- back home. Tegan, although she did serve this purpose in the series as well, but Tegan was a little too much of the question, you know, just the question girl. She was the, the exhibition. She didn't get a lot she to, had do, to get the, yeah. yeah, she had to kind of. No, she totally didn't get anything to do, but drive the plot. That was kind of. Line her, with the arrow. Yeah, that was kind of her role, was to. Yeah, sort of. You go distract the robot and I'll rewire it. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of makes you want, though, uh, a writer to give those characters that didn't have a lot to do in the series like more to do. With, like they do with Nissa and Big Finish. Exactly. Yeah. So. How about The Fairy Tale of New York? Of New New York by Gary Russell. That was neat. I like that it comes down to the fact that they were basically isolating these kids so that they could eradicate uh, an allergy. Yeah. That <laughs> and that it was just miscommunication. They yep. didn't realize what was happening. That was a neat little twist as well. Uh, the reason why that they were armed. I mean, the, the doctor gets very suspicious of things that are going on, you know, and when he, uh, the head cat, <laughs> when he <laughs> when he uh, uh, confronts her, and it is almost very accusatory to yeah. the way that these kids are being treated, to the fact that they have armed guards and things like that. And when, as, as she, as they sort of 
uh, outline what the reasoning behind all this, you kind of go, oh, yeah, I kind of feel bad that I was in the same boat with the doctor. <laughs> well, I, it <laughs> made, the fact that the kitlings are allergic to humans. Yeah. yeah. It made me angry initially yeah, because I'm like, well, first of all, why are we doing another story where cat kind is the bad guys? Yeah. We've already done that. And then I got angry with cat kind because it's like, <laughs> you guys, no, that's not right. What are, what's with the, and, and you're eating them? And, you know. <laughs> And then as it was all explained, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Which kind of fits in line with the six doctors uh, persona. He would get so riled up about something and it not be actually the case that it kind of it kind of works. True. That's very true. Very <laughs> He'd true. get on a soapbox and then realize his soapbox has no legs. <laughs> <laughs> and this one was with Mel, right? Yeah. 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 Which was enjoyable. Uh-huh. I, I, I quite enjoyed Mel as well in this one. I would agree. The Grotto by Mike Turner. Tucker. Mike Tucker. Loved this one. This was, <laughs> this was I thought it was really this cool. This one really, um, I think that they did a good job capturing the character and the trappings of each of the doctors. Don't get me wrong. This is the one that felt, that fit the best with Seven and Ace. I mean, it just really felt like a Seven and Ace story. Just all the way down to the to the bottom. It was, yeah, that one was really good. This was one of my top, top favorites yeah. in this story. I love the idea that you know this, this thing is loose and uh, kind of reminded me of Gremlins too. Maybe when we're in the department yeah. store, there's yeah. this thing running around in the Christmas trees. And uh, I don't often like when things remind me of Gremlins too, but yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Roddy McDowell though, <laughs> Gremlins two gets a pass just for that. Uh, no. <laughs> um, the the security guard and the janitor <laughs> you know, were very very cool. Nice little touches too. Uh, it almost has a glad the security card wasn't dead. Yeah, I, was I know. So <laughs> I was starting that. to get worried. He does too. <laughs> he got nabbed and he got taken into the grotto. It was like, oh, and there's blood oh, left behind. And I thought, oh no, <laughs> this is going to be one of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that on Christmas. But then he didn't. So like, yeah, the trust of the Seventh Doctor puts an ace. I mean, they, he he oh, really yeah. treats her as. And I think he did so much in the in the story too. He he's he's the learned professor that that is teaching her, but also has this level of security with her that he can trust us. And even though she's a sixteen year old girl, he can send her off on these little missions because she he knows that she's perfectly capable of these things. And you know, going down, getting the perfume, coming back up, making the stink bombs. That Helping was them with every single yeah, one of them. Every one of them. Every single one. And then have to apologize to the professor because she, he got pretty doused as well. I was a little bummed when she says, oh, maybe I could pick up a new bat. Because I was right there going, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have time for that. Aww. Uh, it was a little, nice little nod, though. Yeah. Yeah, that one was fun. That was Darker. Like you said, it kind of had more yeah. of a Krampus feel. Yeah, but it was, because he was a monster. Yeah, it ended up still being a good, you know, it, it's still Christmassy. It still oh, yeah. feels lighthearted enough. But it was, it was... It was on that edge of maybe going a little too dark there, but then they, they pull it back and they say, okay, well, the, the security guard's not dead. And then they bring the comical janitor in. <laughs> he's not really even comical. It's just he's he is like the definition of wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, it just it, it works out really well. The image in my head that I will not be able to get rid of forever is the idea of them going and getting a cart and loading this thing onto it and wheeling it up to the roof to, put the, you know, to get him into the TARDIS. And yeah. That, to me, is funny. Which we don't know if the TARDIS, if the uh, doctor dumped this thing off where it was supposed to be or not. It may still be in the TARDIS somewhere. <laughs> That's true. We didn't get that loose. part of the story. We know that was the intention, 
We didn't see it happen. We know a lot of things that he intends to do doesn't happen. Right, right. He <laughs> might have got distracted. He had to return that book to that library that he had for like 600 it's years. True. So he might have decided at that point that, oh, you know, I need to go, t- I need to go take that book back to that library. I'm going way back into the Deming Vinny stuff. But, uh, that was one of the Dalek ones, wasn't it? Dalek Empire ones? I think, I think it was... Uh... <laughs> Uh, so he might have gotten distracted by that book because he got distracted by that book 600 years ago. Or, so. or he re- had to remember the, the Hand of Omega coming back yeah, around. Yeah, you know, he I had mean, to go back over there and get the... It was time well, for that. That would have been after the Hand of Omega because she says, like, maybe I can get another bat. So oh, she'd, all, she'd already yeah, lost she's already bat. used yeah, it on beating up Daleks at that point. Or, and, and, and this, since this thing was genetically engineered with this little probe to, to be a warrior, did he maybe decide, I'm not going to take you back here. I'm going to... I'm going to give you a better life. That's possible. I'm going to take you somewhere else, and we'll fix it so that you're not primal. Or would you like to be primal and just left on someone to try to plan it? I can do that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could go either way. It's a whole host of things for Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> it's a choose-your-own-adventure book. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Ghost of Christmas Past, written by Scott Hancock. This is my absolute favorite one, right? The illustration. This is my absolute favorite illustration. Let me see the illustration. See I think one? I did oh, see this one. Gorgeous. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, yeah. It is absolutely gorgeous. The uh, information cube. Yes. So this is the one where he's trapped. The TARDIS is on a loop for Christmas Eve, right? Twelve, it will not turn, 11.59. It will not turn will Christmas not turn Day. This was such a good story. It was. And uh, I'm really glad to hear you guys say that because it reminded me so much of the one that I wrote for <laughs> Doctor Who Reincarnated. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as I started reading this, I went, I've already read this one. No, I didn't. I wrote this one. (laughs) So cool how it's essentially the TARDIS giving him a Christmas present of the the, uh, box that Susan has sent to kind of update her grandfather on where they are now. And it's it's a Christmas letter. It's a Christmas card. And him being so grumpy ahead of it because of of trying to dodge the time war the entire time. It's just... It that has was such neat, emotion and such heart to it. That was another neat thing about it is it addresses the fact that he's this is at a time where he's avoiding the time war. Mm-hmm. He's like I'm there's you know I, I'm not going to get involved with that. He keeps dodging, he keeps almost getting dragged in. Clearly, you know, Dark Eyes is probably either happening or has happened and he's, you know, edging towards that. Okay, I'm not going to get involved in this kind of thing and I yeah, that was really well placed. It has one problem. I needed him at the end to set course for Susan and go visit. <laughs> I did not like the fact that it was, I mean, it was ambiguous, but it, it really seemed like, no, he was off to go do more Cosmos exploring and yeah. and, and, and that kind of stuff. It was like, no, you just got the invite to Christmas dinner. You've got to go say hi. Doesn't the big finish story, the earthly child, though, reunite the eighth doctor and it Susan? Does. So Is it a Christmas? I think maybe they didn't want, ooh, that would be cool. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if maybe they didn't want to step on any toes of that story. Well, I didn't want to see him meet her because just that's, that's just already set us happened up in for that. that adventure. But he could have just set the coordinates and gone. Maybe it's time. I need to go see Susan. Yeah, I don't and that would have been you know, I, and you, hell, you could have even led right into an earthly child, and I'd have been like, woo! But uh, instead, I, he I goes. Have, oh. I don't know how an earthly child me plays me. out. So I, I, I do. I would have had a problem with. <laughs> so it would have been okay with it. It would have okay worked. Okay. It would have worked. It would have worked. I think. I think it would have worked. But I love the fact that Susan gives him optimism again after yeah, he's almost absolutely. beat down absolutely. by the time war. That it's Susan that gives him the aspiration that the time war didn't have to be the end of everything. 
I like how the TARDIS is leading him on kind of a wild goose chase. And there's a knock at the door, and he goes and looks, and there's nothing there. And he ends up going down some of the halls of the corridor, passing the rooms of former companions. Yeah. Thinking about going in and realizing there's a reason why he doesn't go in and revisit these rooms. I thought that was really neat. It was full of depth. Yeah. And um, first of all, anytime you can get depth into the Doctor, it's great. Anytime you can get depth into the Eighth Doctor, yeah. it's an added layer of awesome. Well, it's interesting. This is the the Doctor that one of these days I'd like to go back from the movie to the Time War and watch because if you if you look, we we kind of jump in in different eras, but if you look, this Doctor has such not just growth but such a difference from being the happy-go-lucky, fun, yay Doctor to even through the as as rough as the Divergent universe was for us, it was an it was a catalyst that changed the man mm-hmm. and oh, Zagreus yeah. was as well. And so to kind of go from point A to point B one day and watch the progression of this doctor and this being, you know, in that kind of more grumpy, avoiding the time, more recluse, not even reclusive, but singular doctor, not traveling with anybody. Yeah. I, I, I think it would be neat to go from A to B and, and include this in there. I think it, it paints a really nice picture of that eighth doctor. It really does. I'd agree. The Red Bicycle, written by Gary Russell. This one's the epitome of fun to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice to see the the, the I don't nice know how much doctor. To say about the Scrap this robot one. steals a rob steals a red bike. Yep. It's <laughs> nice as to revenge. see as revenge. <laughs> After having so many of the eighth Doctor Big Finish stories dealing with the web of time, and how adamant he is that we can't screw this up, and then he winds up screwing it up with Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice to have the ninth Doctor come in and go. Well, it's nice to see the him point. working his way through the, pro- the thought making, process. Too. He's making the point to Rose, though, at the beginning, that you can't, you can't mess with, you can't. Under- and she does the she to to prove the point. Doesn't she convince she him that, to get the record for Jackie, the album? That well, she just she, does she, it she on her own. It, yeah. Oh, she did back just and do told it, him and yeah. said, "See, see, it didn't affect anything." And so then he, at that point, then he's kind of. Huh, well, maybe. And so it's like he's kind of testing the waters. Maybe maybe I get a little bigger element, see if it, what this does. Which I think leads nicely into the Tenth Doctor's, sure, let's go change things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the Eleventh Doctor going, well, you know, if you rewrite it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, it's fun. There's, there's just not a lot to say about it because it is just... One of my favorite uh, things uh, is the fact that the kid steals the bike first, and he rides off. And there's a chase scene. The doctor goes after him. And when the doctor finally catches up to him, the kid has this look on his face like, what just happened? <laughs> and he has to recount to him, a guy took it, a big giant metal guy. <laughs> there was a flash of light, took the bike, gone. The kid's not even worried now that he has stole a bike from this man he's talking to. He is so, like, in shock of the one just happened. He is like, that's your problem now. <laughs> What's <laughs> What? And it's a great moment too when the doctor's talking on and on and on about you know, the red paper and the green things and the Father Christmas on the thing and I'm gonna put it on the thing. She's gonna be so happy and he turns around and it's just a pile of wrapping paper. <laughs> the kids on the bike. And you realize the kid that just passed you on the bike at the beginning of the story that was your that bike. Was your bike. <laughs> the um, the other thing I thought was was cool was how visual the writing was for the uh, battle between the the three henchman robots. 
oh, how yeah, well yeah. that that was written, so that you could really see how he was thwarting these with bringing the piles down on top of them and narrowly missing the one pile as it came careening onto him. It was written really it was, well. Yeah. exciting. There it was, was a little Sonic of, fixes all, but well, it's a Christmas it story. Well, it was sort I'm of okay, okay especially for as truncated of a story as yeah. long as it's a lot yeah. more forgiving. And he was literally using Sonic vibrations to cause things to topple. Right, because they were right. Already so it wasn't out of the anyways. realm of Sonic possibility. <laughs> it was probably a better use of Sonic than most things. Unless it's opening the door. It was a wrecking ball, not a tricorder. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound can be used that way better than a strike. Yeah. Loose Wire, written by Richard Dungworth. Remember how <laughs> about eight or nine months ago I was joking about somebody will eventually bring the wire back? <laughs> yeah. Here it is. This is my other least favorite. I it's did enjoy it. Bad, I didn't though. hate this story. Don't get me wrong. I expect but once I realized it was the wire, I thought I was going to hate it. This one sort of landed low on my list of ranking these. I really liked this one, really? and I liked it because the wire didn't suck. Well, that that's what make <laughs> that's the saving grace of this is I think the wire has done well. It's modernized, I, I and think it's done well. I also think there are moments that the action is written really well. I can very well visualize yeah. in my head what is happening. Is especially you know the the phone, the the, the car chase. The I mean, well, <laughs> they're not really chasing anything other than it's in the car with them. But the car, you know, the driving, trying to get out of the protection barrier that he's he's put over the house. So it was it was it was fun enough that I was. Distracted by the fact that it was this crappy wire from the video planner, <laughs> but used it's, it's convinced me that the wire isn't necessarily a, a bad idea for a villain. It just doesn't work on television. I think it would work in Big Finish, and it would work. In, it works obviously in prose. Certainly does. Work I think it works better in, when you describe what's going on instead of having to see what what's happening. I, I think it works better also with the, the multiple options. It becomes a much more set, set dynamic day, villain yes. with the option of going from a wireless to a Bluetooth to, to a, a speaker to a this. To, yeah. It makes know, it more ominous. Too. Yeah, it, it's not just more threatening. We'll turn the TV off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. The end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I really liked this one. I liked, uh, what was the girl's name? Alice Wu. I liked Alice. I thought she was a great character. Another one of those, this is almost a, a companion audition kind of going on yeah. right here, and I'd be all right with it. Well, wasn't she 12? Yeah. It didn't, didn't matter. <laughs> didn't matter. I, th- I think she acquitted herself well. Yeah. You she know? did well. Um, I was I I was a little sad at the end that she wasn't going to have be able to get her new phone because that, they, it's set up with that that's the that's, biggest thing yeah. for her until he does the little uh, jiggery poking with the, the her phone and it's so <laughs> much Sonic better and, now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's her old phone it's like but it's so much better now it's like a lot of stuff that this was a jam packed story yeah just a lot of stuff going on in, in fact this was one of the ones where I kept reading thinking it was going to. They were, surely they're going to get come to a climax. Surely they're going to end this thing. It just keeps going and going, and it's not any longer than no, any of the other not. stories. It just it's pacing so much. Yeah. That I think I'm so exhausted just reading this. Story. It felt well, like it was building up to a climax after he got done at the beginning before the car chase happened. Yes, agreed. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, oh, there's well, more to this story. Then we do the phone. Then we go to the speaker. Then we go to the car. Then we go to. I mean, just it on and on. And I, I think it really fits in well to the Tim Doctor's era and his personality of his manic constant running aspect to that character. That's true. That's a good point. It really ties in well. And the fact that he accidentally let it out because he was 
looking for an episode of something that he <laughs> taped. He was looking for it's a Beta wonderful Max. life. Yeah. Look on oh, Beta and I Max. like the fact that she figures she remembers that her mom has the mixtape uh, because she likes her old yeah. uh, recorded <laughs> audio in the in the car, which I thought that's a very uh, old person thing to have the old technology when you could just have those on MP3, burn them on a CD, and play them. But she still wants these old cassettes that she plugs yeah. into the car radio. Number eleven, The Gift, written by Scott Hancock. This is the little creature one where they wind up oh, taking it back to yeah. uh, its planet. It's quaint. I it was loved quaint. this story. It was quaint. I, I had to refresh it. myself just now. Because yeah, it was the one where he it comes it. over into their world. He has to trap it, send it back into its world, and, and then she the takes gift of Christmas. It, oh, she he takes the little girl over there in order to retrieve the presents that it's stolen, and she ends up giving the gift to the the little the little guy. And they, I love how they're they're kind of this society that don't. They don't understand the connectivity of, of giving and sharing and things like that. They just yeah. go about their day, and that's well, and the, their society. And the fact that the end, it's 34 years later that he goes and picks her up again. And because takes her she back. has changed their yeah, society yeah. in such a positive way. I thought that was neat. I, I think it's a perfect, uh, you mentioned the other one being uh, the, the epitome of the 10th Doctor's era. Oh, this, this is totally a lot. This is totally the epitome of the 11th this Doctor's era. channeling Doctor the Widow in the wardrobe. It, it's, it's got a kid. It's got, uh, you know, Matt Smith's doctor relating very well with his kid. It's got a fanciful fairy tale style uh, story to it and the telling of it. And, you know, almost a Grinch who stole Christmas kind of all the who's in Whoville yeah. at the end. Yeah. And I was just like, this one was the Christmas. This was this was the cherry on the pudding for me and no dollar in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> who wrote that one? Scott Hancock. Scott Hancock. No, if I've read anything that he's written. Sure, Ghost Christmas Past. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did the Eighth Doctor story, He too. did the Eighth Doctor story, too. Okay, well, there he's you go. He's my new favorite. Yep, I like him. <laughs> he's, the, he's your new Justin Richards. He's my new Justin Richards. Keep <laughs> going, Scott. Anything else about the gift other than how wonderful it is? It's such a simple story. I feel bad story. being short on it, but it's... It, but it's such a simplistic story. It There's is. There's not a lot of detail it's, to it, but it's it's heartwarming. It's, 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 a, it's a nice, cheerful Christmas tale, mm-hmm. and I like that. And the final one, The Persistence of Memory by Colin Brake. I wasn't sure how I felt about this one until I got to the end. And then they put a big bow on it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was the one that was searching out Nessie, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was okay. There's a lot of great references I, I to agree. The, yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth Doctor story. Yeah, the yeah. Zygons. Yeah, he, yeah, he's remembering back to the Zygons. How did this one end? Because I'm, I'm struggling with remembering... He See, takes the, the boy because he wants to do the mystery. Oh, that's right. Okay, I do remember what Yeah, happened. CJ collects mysteries. Oh, and it's the monk story. Yeah. The yeah. meddling monk. The meddling monk shows meddling up, which is cool. shows up. Dispatched very quick and clean, and let's move back to the, the, the CJ, who's kind of the lead of the of the book. And it just kind of feels like, well, that was kind of, why did we bother until you get to who CJ is? It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who CJ was. He oh yes, Clyde. <laughs> Clyde, um, the ninth doctor. Yes, ninth doctor yes. Story. Yeah. But then it was sad. It's sad because, because Clyde, I know what happens to Clyde. Yeah, he gets killed by the Autons <laughs> in that one. But it was neat that he was. He, he's kind of there. There was more motivation for his looking for the Doctor because yeah. he does have these yeah. residual memories of it. Especially when you realize when he's talking about in the in the spaceship that there are monitors showing the future as well as the past and one of them is showing what appears to be department store shop dummies coming to life mm-hmm. well at the time that this particular story is set the only example that we have of that would be the he just witnessed potentially his own death 
And yeah, it was a neat. I regardless. agree with you. The, ca- <laughs> the capstone on it ends up making the story really, really something special. It, it throughout it, it was it was it's a bit meandering, but it's uh, it's interesting. It's compelling. Well, because I you're wondering, like, why, we, why are we doing the Loch Ness thing again? We've already done right. that, and right. even the doctor's comments and the well, let's go do this, and the kids talking about his mysteries and the how about Yeti the Mary Celeste and the this, and the, the Mary Celeste, <laughs> Daleks, <laughs> Daleks, yeah. been uh, there, no, not a mystery, makes, Daleks did that. <laughs> and what was the next one? Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Stonehenge was one, yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> All the little name drops, era drops. So, these, you know, and so you're kind of expecting, well, how about the Loch Ness Monster? And you would think that's just been there, done that. Well, he sort of rationalized that out, though, that that really wasn't the, the mystery that everybody's seeing. That it, right. this was, this, that was responsible because it was a big robotic animal from the Zygons. So. But then he does that one, and you're like, yeah. oh, well, okay, yeah, sure, let's go to the Loch Ness for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it just didn't you know it didn't have that fit to it like I said until you get to the end and that, that end redeemed that story it's, well, it was well, nice even, it was nice with the middle of muck just on. that gels the idea of yeah. the Loch Ness monster and everything that he's going that they go through throughout the entire story until yeah. you get to that cherry at the end yeah agreed it it, it, it it continues to work and continues to go on as I say it's a bit meandering at times but it continues to chug along and work and there's the nice little surprises the name drops but yeah the I would agree with Sean. The the cherry on the top is who this kid ends up being, or yeah. who is revealed that this kid is. Overall, this is a fantastic is. collection. I could not put it down. It is true. I just could just kept reading and reading and reading. It's one of those books that I think I could pick up and read again every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because every with the exception of the Fifth Doctor story, every one of them really puts you in the Christmas mood and spirit. I would agree. It's just a wonderful collection. All right, what well, we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up next on the schedule, we are into 2017, and that means we're going to finish up the Time Monster, parts four through six for this week's Friday Night Who with Pertwee. And our next show is going to uh, kind of sort of loosely tie into uh, the Time Monster <laughs> with uh, the new Candy Jar Lethbridge Stewart book, The Blood of Atlantis, by Simon A. Forward. And we're also going to do the short story, The Wishing Bazaar, by Sharon Bidwell. And so those will be our show uh, for next week. The following week, we are going to jump into the Seventh Doctor's Error with Dragonfire. And we were going to start the Twelfth Doctor Titan Comics uh, Season 2, which we still haven't got to. We're so far behind on these. So we're going to do uh, issues 1 through 5, and then listen to a big finish story, number 74, Live 34, which features the Seventh Doctor and Ace. So... All right, and uh, if you're supporting us on Patreon, we appreciate it. If not, uh, please uh, try and help out. It's a uh, revolving monthly uh, donation that uh, all of the proceeds go back into the show. I think you can make a one-time donation as well, and uh, all of that helps. And Ben obviously uh, did a really good job of uh, promoting all our links and <laughs> to our uh, different uh, websites on the uh, side of our page. At, and again, uh, thank you so much for that, Ben. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Anything else we need to talk about before we close this show and close out 2016 and wonderful 2017? Although we were recording on 2017, but it's, has, it been a, has it been a very uh, merry uh, Vortex Christmas, guys? It I has. will say it's been a very Vortex Christmas. Very Vortex Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. And Thanks. a happy news year to you. <laughs> You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.